my dad would cook for him and all the guides lived in this little we called it the mouse mahal i mean it was just a little rundown shack I'm kind of an addictive person if i ever get on drugs i feel like it's over <laughs> Right, guys uh, appreciate you for tuning in hope you guys enjoyed our last podcast it was fun with george dunklin learned a lot there and got a different perspective on a guy that a lot of us had heard of but not heard from so really appreciate george coming on this week we're kind of taking a little bit of a pivot another really interesting guy that i'm looking forward to talking to his name is zach sutton and you might know zach you might not know him yet but he is in nashville right now he is an artist manager with red light management. Zach, what's up, man? Thanks for tuning in. What's, what's going on, man? It's good to be on. Man, it's, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Zach, tell us where you're at right now. And then I want to get into, for those in our audience that might not know, what is an artist manager? What what kind of does your job entail? Ooh. Um, well, first off, I'm here uh, in the office in Nashville. Um, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're on the road a decent bit, but I kind of cherish times to be able to get to my office and try to catch up a little bit. Um, but to answer your question, that's that's like, as an artist manager, it's like the hardest question to answer and it shouldn't be. But, you know, it depends on the day. So there's an old saying that, you know, when people ask a manager, it's like, hey, what's an artist manager do? And the response is, well, what do you need done? And that's ultimately, you know, um, a pretty good description. It changes every day, to be honest with you. Um, my job is to kind of be the quarterback for these artists, you know, um, you know, we try to make it to where, you know, these artists come and, you know, they've got a talent, they've got a skill set, they've got a dream, whatever it might be. And most times it's not necessarily running the business. So we try to kind of fill that void and be that quarterback for them on the business side so they can get up and sing and play and do their thing. And then we can kind of run the rest for them. So uh, the job changes every day. I'm filling a, you know, a different seat every day. Someday it's like, oh man. Um, some days it's therapist, some day it's, it's, um, CEO, some day it's like, you know, like, a like, a um, marketing director, whatever. Like we, we, we touch so many parts of the business that, you know, the, the beauty and a little bit of the curse of the job is that it's very different every day. But I, I think the best way to put it is we are kind of like the CEO of the quarterback for every artist, individual business and career. So and we are. I was going to say, we're in the seat next to them, helping them make decisions. So management, obviously, I you know, we all know what that word means, but just kind of in your scope of things, you would you would kind of be the general contractor type, like the guy that For sure. I'm asking, but I think I know, but I'm asking, you're the guy that, you know, let's say that marketing person or that booking agent or that, you know, uh, different brand deals or different things like that you're kind of a point person for a lot of those different individuals and, and conversations uh, when it, when it pertains to your artists, correct? For sure. Yeah. And I truly try to make it to where these guys go on stage, they do their thing and I handle the rest. And when I say, you know, I handle the rest, we have a team of people, you know, the, the, w w you know, between other parties in the music business. And then, you know, my staff, we try to make it to where, you know, they're able to focus on their strengths and we kind of advise and handle the rest. So, you know, if from, from shows to brand partnerships to their, um, um, you know, album releases, you name it, we, we try to, you know, run with the ball. And that seems like it's thinking about that and thinking about every different facet that people interact with 
with you know artists on whether that's social media whether that's on tour whether that's buying merchandise or album covers or you know um i'm sure there's meet and greets and and events that you know you're expected to go to sponsorship wise and all that stuff that's that's got to be a lot i feel like if an artist had to handle all that themselves their head would be spinning and i'm sure yours is too on a lot of days yeah i I think that's safe to say i I feel like some days when people ask, I think our business can sometimes be both more complicated than people expect. And then like almost kind of elementary at, at times. Um, it, we try to use common sense with our decision-making. There's obviously the nuance and the understanding of um, the business itself and how we you know, uh, pull different levers and why we make the decisions that we make. But oftentimes it's common sense. It's like, okay, here's our goal how do we, you know, achieve that goal? And here are the kind of like the, the terms that we take and, and here's a a path towards that goal and let's make common sense decisions. Let's, you know, uh, treat people with respect, try and make a great product and try to, you know, get it to the masses. It's, it's not any different than what you do or what any of your other guests do. It's, it's different in the sense of, you know, it's a small world. So there's not many players in, in, in the space. And so there's a little bit of like, a barrier and a barrier uh, for entry. And some of that's by design. Some of that's just the nature of, you know, while it touches a lot of people, it's a small business. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, you know, trying to build something just like anybody else. And the barrier to entry into that industry, it, you know, and I'm sure there's other, you know, there's people that think, um, think that about a lot of industries, but like you said, it touches a lot of people, but yet, even though the best artists definitely connect with their fans, they're they're up on the stage or they're you know on the radio or they're coming across your headphones there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a of a barrier i mean in all of those circumstances there's a barrier and in the industry i'm sure there is but how did you okay so you're from the same state i am from missouri yeah talk a little bit about how you grew when you grew up and you're in high school let's just take it to you know later years of high school how did you go from there to where you're at and we'll just kind of talk through that but how did you get started on this journey um of getting into this industry as a kind of a good question it's like it's an accident and in some ways kind of like meant to be in others so i grew up typical mid midwest kid um you know dad was a preacher mom was a teacher like pretty cliche um but i grew uh, up my dad a country had, song it, it is and what's funny is like I had one of my childhood best friends down here a couple weeks ago and he was like, dude, did you ever think at 16 or 17 or whatever that you'd be doing this? I was like, no chance, you know, and to be really candid, I didn't love country music. It's like blasphemy to say, but like I grew up in a blue collar town and, you know, there was a part of me that like, you know, when you don't realize what you have, but I, I didn't realize how great it was. So I always had this desire of like, I'm getting out, you know, like, I'm getting out. I'm going to go work in wherever, name X city. I didn't know, don't know if I appreciate it, but everybody listened to country music. So I didn't want to listen to country music, but my dad being a, uh, a pastor of a church, you know, we were kind of like forced to like play instruments growing up. It was like, okay, you know, that's just part of the deal. You're going to learn how to like learn how to play an instrument. You know, it's like a chore, you know, like got to take piano lessons. But as a young kid, my dad, who's big into music, you know, when we would get CDs or wanted to buy a CD, he'd go, okay, we can do that, but we're going to listen to it together and we're going to look through the liner notes. And because I want to see what these lyrics are. 
And I, that was a like elementary school young kid. So that, I think that started me off and like, hold on here. There's like more to this than just like what's playing on the radio. What's this song mean? You know, like what's, what's this artist about? What do they represent? All of those things that like, again, didn't really understand the why. I thought my dad was just being overboard probably at the time. Uh, but, you know, between that, having to play instruments growing up, you know, just growing up in the church around music, you know, it just, you know, I actually think it's one of the sad things about like church participation numbers, like going down across the country is that, you know, a lot of kids aren't being exposed to like quality music early, but anyways, grew up around it, had some, some artists that I was, you know, huge fans with growing up because I played, you know, somewhat in, in the church, I had to play different instruments. I, I pay attention to music probably in a different way than your average kid. But I remember early on, like YouTube, maybe as like a senior in high school or maybe even a junior in high school when YouTube first came out, that I would, I had some favorite artists. And every day I would go on YouTube and hit like most recently uploaded and see what people were uploading about my favorite artists. So I was already kind of like paying attention. There was MySpace at the time you could find um, you know, uh, different musicians on MySpace. That was like a great platform. So I was just a kid that loved music that was trying to find more of it. And I was the kid that had burnt CDs that I was giving out to friends about, hey, you should listen, there's this new guy and that goes to, I don't know, KU or whatever, you know, like I, I would burn CDs, give them to friends. And I kind of like took pride in like listening to people that nobody knew yet. You know, that was kind of like my like thing, your, which was, I was find, find yeah. Your- which, you know, in all reality, I was probably like a punk kid, like looking back that was like, oh, you don't know who so-and-so is. You know, so I was, you know, a punk kid in that regard. Uh, but that was what I was into. So in college and in high school, I can remember, you know, driving four to six hours with some buddies and, you know, scrounging for gas money to go see a show. And that was just like sneaking in, you know, like in the back because we were 16 or 18 or whatever it was. So I was just into music at a young age. Long story short, went to school um uh went to school and i was down at you know down the road at central missouri and you know uh kind of word got out that a new catcher was coming to town that came from like the power you know like uh like a a power school the dude was a stud and i was like okay the writing is on the wall i'm like my you know i'm out my playing time's done and uh i was playing summer ball in western kentucky and a kid on my team sorry not even a kid on my team it was a kid on third base at a game one time. Uh, I was on third base standing there. He's like, man, what, you know, what school you at? I was like, man, I'm actually about to, you know, make a change. Like the writing's on the wall. I got to go somewhere else. And the kid went to a little Christian school down in Nashville. And he's like, dude, I love it. Nashville's a good town. And for me, you know, I thought, okay, Nashville, man, that'd be a great town to go. I'd get to see more shows, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, coach ends up coming to watch me play. It all works out. I, I end up going down there to, to school. And I get down there the first week. By the way, how long winded do you want me to be? How much time do no, we have? Because I'm good. long winded. No, no, okay. this is what I want to hear. Tell me if we need to skip ahead. So, um, long story short, like the week I'm down there, you know, the coach calls me, he goes, Hey, man, so we kind of have a little bit. The baseball team uh, has, and this is where I'm like about to report to school. It's like the baseball team probably doesn't have the best reputation on campus. And I was just talking with the, you know, the, the marketing director for the school. And we thought, it, you know, he's looking for somebody to come in and just part time um, work in the, the marketing department and help him with, you know, athletics and whatever. You know, we just kind of need an ambassador to the rest of the school because, you know, 
uh, we got a bunch of long story short, there were a bunch of Juco kids that came in and you know how that goes. This, sure. the, the politics of like sports and the rest of the school. So uh, I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, Hey, this can't interfere with, you know, baseball, but you know, like when there's time, go ahead. So I get in and, you know, I'm, you know, I know nothing. I'm just trying to like do some, you know, like, you know, tedious tasks for this marketing department in off hours, which are very rare. And there were some people in the marketing department at the school that had, you know, spouses that worked in the music business. And of course, right away, I was like, music business, what is this about? And, you know, within like two or three weeks of me being on campus, I was like, okay, what is this music business thing? So, you know, what was your husband doing? Your husband was at the what awards last night? Like he does what? And I was just kind of like, so like curious about it. And so, that was my junior year. And within, I don't know, even getting through fall ball, I was like, okay, I, I burnt down on baseball. I've been playing it way too long. I'm very curious about this music business. So I, I very quickly, my focus kind of started to shift, got, started getting pretty distracted on, okay, I know I got another year, but how do I get a job in this music business? What's this about? You know, like it, it just seemed like something that uh, I'd love, you know, it's like, oh man, this is kind of what, you know, I've been preparing for. You can actually have a job and apply some like standard business practices to music. What? And um, so that was that. So I, I started um, asking around. I started, you know, hearing about how, you know, the music business is very social and you know, obviously like anything else, networking is key. And I started hearing about, you know, writers rounds where different writers would go and play and that so-and-so executives would go and listen and whatever. And I was like, well, I need to figure out how to meet these people. And, you know, I think I'm a extrovert by nature and I'm at least somewhat like networking to me just kind of comes naturally, you know, I'm uh, particularly around things I'm interested in. So long story short, got distracted really quickly. The quick version, I'll try to speed it up. The quick version is that that same year, the local or the the college had like a partnership with a news network or a news channel here in town. And they wanted to do like a, they wanted to follow a couple college athletes throughout their season with these like cameras, these little self film cameras. And they asked me to do it. And I said, sure. Then the anchor for uh, that news channel just moved to town, was a ball player himself back in the day, was a single guy like new to town. And we hit it off. And, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't mind me hanging around him. And even though they were several years older. And so when I get done with practice or whatever on a weekend, we didn't have games, we'd go, we'd, we'd hang out or whatever. He started dating at the time, the head of uh, A&R at Capitol Records. So we got to know each other, you know, developed a rapport. I started to kind of like confide in her over that next year um, would be my senior year about my plans, my interests. And you know, for whatever reason, she, you know, saw something in me. And I can remember it was like the week before graduation, I thought I was going to go take a job with the Nashville Predators and their, their sponsorship department. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to, Ira, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? You know, you're a pro and I just, you automatically just pick up that I just came in. I spend way too much time on Zoom calls. So I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. I was just giving a little backstory, but um, so anyways, I, you know, like week before graduation, I think I'm gonna go work for the Predators. You know, some of these, I've met a bunch of people in the music business, but still didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, you know, the opportunities weren't necessarily, you know, presenting themselves. It was, you know, still early. I was still getting in, if you will. But then she called me and said, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Are you going to go work for the Preds? Like what, what's the plan? And I was like, yeah, I think that's the plan. She's like, well, I think there's a job here at Capitol Records. 
And at the time, Capital uh, Nashville was kind of like this smaller label with like just superstar after superstar. They were just popping. And at the time, I was like, like blown away. I remember like, oh, crap, I'm, you know, that'd be incredible. What's the job? And she was like, well, it's the mail room. And I was like, oh, okay. What does that mean? You know, like the mail room, I kind of was, you know, there's a job with, you know, what I thought was a lot of money at the time with the Predators. And I was like, I don't know if that, she's like, hey, hold on, just trust me. Like get in, it's a small company, get in, get your foot in the door, learn the business, learn everyone involved, put your head down. And, you know, so-and-so was in the mail room, so-and-so was in the mail room. And so anyways, I went and uh, interviewed and I'll be honest with you, the COO at the time was like, hey, why should I hire you? And I was like, oh crap, you know? Uh, and, you know, did my best to like, you know, kind of like put my you know best foot forward with him and, you know, touch on hopefully a little character. And to be honest with you, the fact Zach, that was an Zach, you yeah. should have gone in there and said, I'm highly qualified for this, for this job. And when he asked you why, you could have said, because I am great at being a M-A-L-E. <laughs> Listen, I didn't have, I'm not as quick as you, Ira. I am not as quick as you, but that was ultimately, I mean, that was my qualification. It was like, I think I can hand out mail. You know, I think I can hand out mail. I think I can like mail things out. I'm halfway intelligent. And, uh, but, and honestly, the sports background for this particular individual, I think is what separated. He's like, okay, you split, you, you know, you play sports, what, you know, like you've been, you've obviously met some of the right people here. You, you know, it looks like you have a little bit of uh, hustle in you, like, all right, let's give it a chance. So that was my, you know, and I had no idea what I was getting into, but that was the first gig out of college. I was at the mail room. And at the time we had, you know, Keith Urban was on, you know, was popping kind of a, a, like a, a, at a peak lady in a bellum had just popped. There was Darius Rucker. There was Dirk Bentley. There was just like a laundry. I'm leaving people up like a laundry list of like stars at the moment. And so, and, you know, so I was just like giddy kid and I can remember the pay was, you know, it was awful. But for me being a college athlete, they're like, like, Oh no way. Like I can make X amount of, like thought it was like, I was rich, you know, like I can actually do this. This is amazing. So that was the first gig. And do you want me to keep going? I'm sorry. I'm well, like, no, no, that's, that's great. Like, what, I, what I wanted to get into, and that's exactly what I wanted to hear, but you know, everybody always asks us like, Oh, how do I get involved with, such and such industry or how do I, you know, get involved in the outdoor industry or how do I get involved with such and such company? It's like, I love hearing those stories. Cause it's like, all right, nobody would tell you if you just asked, Hey, what's the best way to get involved in the music industry? It, it'd be real rare to hear somebody go, well, man, you go play college baseball, then you transfer. Yep. Then you, then you go join the mail room at a, at a play. I mean, you know, it, I guess what I'm trying to get across is it's like everybody's story is different, but there's no one way. And and so many people would have said, no, I'm not being in the fucking mailroom. I'm I'm yep. in this to be an executive. I mean, you know, whoever gave you that I, advice, that lady that gave you that advice of just like get in and get it figured out. I mean, if you can bet on yourself at all and you can get your foot in the door, you know, a lot of you people that are listening, if you have those same questions, if if you got any stones to you whatsoever, you're going to stand out. And you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to hear someone starting at the, you know, that level. Ira, I'm sure you didn't start out at a very high level whenever you got into the to the veterinary game. Uh no, heck, I went all my all my classmates, they got a, a real job and I went to Alaska for seven months and fished every day and 
didn't know if I was going to come back. So no, I mean, you just, you know, life, life is where, where it leads you. But, you know, I think it's cool and inspirational that you start off in the mailroom. I mean, you know, like Joe was saying, so many people just want to be the guy right off the bat and, and that's not how you get there. You got to earn it. No doubt. And I'm thankful to be honest with you. One, it was a phenomenal job. I had zero responsibility. Like I had 20 minutes of, you know, handing out mail. And the rest of the day, I literally went from office to office to office as the new kid. Hey, how can I help? Hey, tell me about what do you do? And I did my best to one, like befriend everybody. But more than anything, it's like, all right, I'm in the mailroom. I've got time. And luckily, it was something I was passionate about. Like I love music. So it, was, it wasn't like I was having to go and grind on something that I had zero interest in. But, you know, it, that job afforded me the opportunity to go ask a bunch of questions, try to develop some friendships that I still call on today. You know, like it happens to be the same company that I have clients with today. So, you know, that Capital, Capital uh, Records Nashville merged with Universal Music Group, and I've got a client over there. So I literally call people that, you know, for good or for bad, they knew they knew me from back when I was in the mailroom. And I know a little bit of how their business works. So, you know, that was a, a huge, uh, huge benefit and a huge blessing to be able to get in there, like, and ask questions and try to learn. Well, what's crazy is, you know, we would go to those shows when I and I were both going to a lot of Momar shows and people would be like, oh, I remember you from, you know, like, you know, I remember you from uh, Bass Pro Shops when you used to work mm -hmm. there, or I remember you from Ducks Unlimited Board or whatever. It's just it's interesting how when you get involved in something, how many of those people translate and how many of how many of the connections, you know, just continue to to kind of be yeah. as you go to the next level. There's a certain amount of people that are also there or higher or lower or whatever. And it's just interesting how you keep crossing paths with some of those folks. Yeah, it's 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 wild. And now, obviously, since then, I've kind of moved into the management space. You know, that's its own wild story in so and of itself. So how did you take it from the mailroom? Because obviously you're not still there. So from the mailroom, you went where next? So I'll I'll kind of back up. Um, my beginning of my senior year when I was uh, of college, where I was having this like, okay, what am I gonna do? You know, like you know, paranoid about the future. One of the people that I'd you know kind of uh, gotten to know at the university was like, hey, you should be in management. You know, he knew a little about the music business. He's like, I see you in management. So I sent, he goes, pick out your favorite artist, send an email to their, or send a note to their manager and try to get on the phone and get an internship. Long story short, there was a company called uh, Borman Entertainment. It was a management company, West Coast based, like had, you know, tremendous active, you know, or roster of acts. You know, I sent him an email going, hey, you know, or an email or a, a letter. And I sent it to, you know, not the, the owner, but like the head of the Nashville office. I just said, hey, I'm, you know, Zach, yada, 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 yada. Is there any way I could like pick your brain on a phone call? You know, and for whatever reason, the guy responded and was like, you know what? Sure. I can talk for 10 minutes between here and there. And, you know, uh, silly of me, but like I hopped on and I asked a couple of questions and then went to like, well, do you guys need help? How can I help? And of course, like the response was like, hey, I don't really know you, you know, we've talked for 10 minutes, but like, you know, stay in touch with us. Maybe something can work. Anyways, I like forget about it. You know, I shot my shot, you know, let me finish school and figure something out. So anyways, at Capital, we had a bunch of clients that were on said management company. 
But one day I'm in the management company, you know, and and at the uh, uh, capital, they started letting me sit in on marketing meetings. I started hearing people again. I at this point I'm in the mailroom. I don't even have an email address on my phone. I don't even like or an email on my phone because I didn't have like the clearance. Like I was the low man on the totem pole. And people were talking about different sponsorships and this and that. And I had no idea what that means. But there was a band at the time, Lady Antebellum, who was popping. And one of the guys in the band was big into golf. And I remembered an element. It's so silly. But I remembered in elementary school, I had a teacher whose husband ran the tour department for a uh, big golf manufacturer. And I thought, okay, I'm going to like make something happen here. And I literally called the front desk of this golf company and said, hey, I'm trying to reach so-and-so. <laughs> I knew the guy's name. I knew the guy's name and I was like, Hey, I'm so-and-so his wife was my teacher. Of course, tried to do all the things to get to him. And they're like, yeah, he's not available, but we'll give him a message. Long story short, because of the connection to his wife back in the day, he calls me and goes small world. How are you? Whatever. So anyways, have a good conversation. I ask him if he'd be interested in the sponsorship. I don't even know what that means. And I find the email of this band's manager and I send him a note from the mailroom, which I shouldn't have even engaged with this guy and said, hey, you know, I know so-and-so is big in the golf. I had a conversation with, you know, this this manufacturer and you know, I think they'd be interested in a sponsorship uh, and it, like left it at that. Let me know if you, I don't even know what I said. And I get an email back. Grasping, like, and, hey, strong. Grasping and strong. Yeah. <laughs> and I get an email back that's like, hey, I don't know who you are but you are in no position to engage in any sort of conversations around <laughs> any, like I'm talking like just like dunked all over me and like smacked my hand so hard to the point where I was like, I'm fired. I'm fired. Someone's going to walk in the mail room. <laughs> Someone's going to walk in the mail room. And I got fired from the mail room because I couldn't stay in my lane. And, you know, I just get, you know, you know, rep- you know, get my hand smacked. Luckily no one from this per- this manager did not, you know, didn't do what he probably should have done and forwarded it to somebody at the company and said, hey, get this kid out of the way. You know, who is this kid? Or maybe they did and they, you know, had my back. But um, long story short, I'm thinking, ah, oh, crap. And it happened to be, you know, like, you know, obviously like one of the hottest, our hottest clients. Anyways, months goes by. A couple months go by. I see this, you know, uh, the manager at a show and I go up and introduce myself and say, hey, and I don't address it. But I'm just like, hey, uh, you know, just wanted to say, hey, and introduce myself, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, so I think that, okay, this, you know, I'm blacklisted, but I didn't get fired. So that was a big win. Anyways, a couple months go by, the um, uh, Capitol Records is up for sale and it's purchased by Universal Music Group. I get a phone call at the mailroom and it's said, someone from said management company going, hey, we're looking to bring on somebody to help us with X, Y, and Z clients. Would you be interested? I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, this is not only like one, the fact that I'm getting a phone call is wild, but it's the same management company that I'd send a letter to like, you know, three years prior. It's my favorite artist, you name it. I didn't even know what a manager was, but I was like, I knew enough from working in the the mailroom to know, okay, at the end of the day, everything gets back to the manager. That's where I want to be. And the phone call came and I didn't know what it meant. Kind of didn't know what my role was going to be, didn't know what it cost, you know, the the uh, the salary was going to be, but I'm in. And so I went to go work for that management company. And uh, that was, you know, I, it was, I got a call maybe like December in January for, you know, first or fifth or whatever. I was uh, working for, you know, this, this management company with some pretty high profile acts that I had no business 
working with. So anyways, that's my start. So hey, real quick, I'm going to have to go into another appointment here in a second, but uh, and we might need to cut this out because I, I may not remember enough of the details, but you went to the Grand last year, right? I did, yes. And and there were two country music stars that came there with you, right? Um, let's see here. Uh, one, yeah, one. Who was it? That was um, Jordan, Jordan Davis. So Lee, Chose, and I go to the Grand to hunt. And so we're sitting around and we're talking and, and I think we we're talking to Jordan Davis, right? Either Tall guy, him dark or, hair, thin. Yeah. Either that, or it might've been another buddy who came, um, uh, Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt was there too. Wasn't That's it? who it was. It was yep. Sam Hunt. Okay. So yep. I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Sam Hunt and we're talking and, you know, having a great conversation about this, that, and other. And, uh, so, Lee and I leave and we're, we're driving back to, you know, my camp and I go, man, those were cool guys. He goes, yeah. I go, yeah, there's some country music guys there that are pretty famous. I'm like, yeah, the one guy's Sam Hunt. And he goes, well, the guy you were talking to, his name was Sam. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I guess it was, wasn't it? And he goes, yeah, that's Sam Hunt. I'm like, Oh, well, there you go. I met Sam Hunt and had no idea. The music industry left Ira behind at David Allen Co. Yeah. Well, what's funny about what's funny about that is that my first duck hunt was with Sam. The reason that I got into duck hunting is because Sam bought a place after his pop in like 2015, 2016. My my dates might be a little fuzzy. He, I think, as a reward for like, you know, the success, bought a place down in the Delta. And, you know, at the time I was just fly fishing and like bow hunting were kind of my, my thing. And I grew, while I grew up in the Midwest, like just didn't duck hunt. It was, you know, it was basketball season. And Sam was like, all right, you got to come down. So we went down, had no idea what I was getting into, had, you know, three X waiters of shotgun, you know, like, you know how it goes first time and had a blast. And that was my first, like, hold on, we get to talk and have fun and cut up and these ducks break from the heavens and then you know they're gorgeous like i've never had a mallard drake in my hand like what and they taste great like it was, it was like my world got opened up and it was it was with sam at his place in the delta so he's like you know my wife has probably some beef with sam because of you know the you know the now addiction but uh, it's a small yeah. world so sam was sending yeah. me photos whenever you're up there because you know they went and of course whacked them and you know it was put on a show and he had a blast up there that's cool, man. All right, I'm going to take a break, y'all. Back if I'm not back. Uh, great talking to you, and thanks a lot, buddy. Of course, man. See you soon. All right, so uh, I know so, I'm getting long-winded here, but you no, no, pick no. that apart, and we can run with whatever. No, man, this is what we're – this is what I'm, you know, I'm hoping for. And Ira, you know, Ira's uh, classic blow in, blow in, say some crazy shit, and blow out. That's what his – uh, you ask his brother. That's what hey. he, that's what he likes to do at the duck farm too. And or Love if, it. like, hey, if you're working on a project, Ira, when you hear this on the podcast, working on a project, he'll blow in there. Oh man, you sure we should do it this way? All right. Well, I'm gonna head out. Good luck to you. Yeah. All right. Just leaving enough doubt. Yeah. He's, he's an idea guy. No. Uh. So. So. Get it. Like I said, getting back off Ira's aside. So now you're yeah. you're not in the mailroom. You're actually in the music industry now. You know, like yep. you feel like you're. Yep. So 
So who who were some of the artists that you were working with at that company then, if you can say? Um, primarily uh, Keith Urban and Lady Annabelle. Those were the two clients. And like, and I got to say, like, I got so lucky in the sense that one, they're just like kind of, you know, unique talents, like truly just like unbelievably talented. Like uh, it was just a, an amazing one. Like I can remember, shoot, I can remember being at Central at Central Missouri in the uh, our baseball weight room. And I remember like a music video came on and for Lady A and um, all the guys and, you know, we had a TV in there, all the guys being like, you know, whatever, like turning, thinking that Hillary was attractive or like whatever it was. And I'm being like, man, I kind of like these, this, this group, you know, like, man, they, they sound great. And I can remember like, you know, like I said, I didn't love country music growing up, but like our coach listened to, we listened to country during BP. And I can remember being like, okay, I don't like this song. Don't like this song. Okay. Who's, who's this, you know, I don't mind that. And it being Keith Urban. So it was like wild that one, um, uh, you know, the, the history of like appreciating their music, being able to be around people that were extremely talented that I can, you know, each show that I go to, I'd be blown away. Even though it's like, and then, you know, on top of that, it's like, they were super kind to me and it was the perfect group of people to take a, you know, a young, dumb kid and they were, you know, super kind and, and welcoming and helped me learn the business. And so um, it, it started there. And in all honesty, there were, I didn't know it at the time, you know, I, I was trying so hard to learn and to um, kind of like come up to speed and add value that I don't know if I appreciated it, but they were just kind. And those were like good days for me, like so uh, just when you went there, tremendous were you, blessing. Were you working as part of a management team there? Yes. Yes. Yep. We had about a handful of people uh, in our Nashville office and we were, you know, some of us handled day-to-day -day management responsibilities. Some of us focused on social media or radio or, you know, but it, it's a, it was a small little team. So, I mean, but both of those, obviously Lady Annabelle had some amazing hits and Keith Urban though, I just remember like in the early 2000s, some of his songs, like somebody like you, you know, some of those songs days go by. I mean, those are like classic Legend. songs. I mean, those are yep. legendary songs that everyone still, you know, knows the words to. Like, but for the grace of God, I mean, all of those amazing yep. songs when we were younger. It's like, I just remember as a kid, they'll just come on the radio and you would know every single word to all, you know, to all those songs. Who wouldn't want to be me? That was probably, that was probably one of the ones that I remember the most. I mean, he's just one of those guys. It's like every song, you're like, oh, yep, another, yep, yep, another good one. 100%, 100%. And that was like, and they were kind of at their, like, they were both kind of just crushing it at the moment. And so, you know, it was a blessing to go, okay, to be a young, I don't know how old I was, and get welcomed into, one, the great thing was, like, they were off and running. They had, you know, great teams around them on the road. Like, the you know, the the staff at that time, small, but, like, tremendously talented, you know, individuals, you know, uh, that I was working with that were teaching me. It was a, like, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Um, and it, to be honest with you, there couldn't have been a better situation as far as like helping me kind of like uh, learn and learn quickly. It, I walked into a um, kind of pretty well-oiled machines that were performing at a high level. And I very much feel to this day benefit from that situation. So, so that's kind of your first stint in management. Yeah. So from, from there. And so from there, you take another step. Where, mm -hmm. do you go, where do you go after that? 
So I quickly learned, and this is like the pro and the con, luckily it's worked out, but I learned pretty quickly that at some point to, like I was not their manager. I and ultimately wanted to eventually be somebody's, like to, to manage clients solely. Um, and, I, and I saw that at some point you guys step out and do your own thing. You know, I had the, like I said, the blessing of like walking into like phenomenal, um, a phenomenal situation out of the gate. And, but, it, and, and so I, you know, I, I skipped some steps to a certain extent, but so I had a bunch of confidence to go like, you know, I was, I don't know, three, four or five years in to go, all right, I need to do this. At some point I got to do this, you know, I, even naive enough to think I'm ready. Yeah. For every, but for every person that steps out on their own, especially in that industry for everyone that makes it work like you did, there's 50 yep. that didn't work for, you know, so 100%. talk about a risk. I mean, you know, but at the same point, you know, retrospectively looking at it, you literally went from the baseball team to the mailroom to the, you know, what do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Like keep riding the high, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's easy to say that now, but at the time, obviously things yep. are going good. And I've been in that situation. Like, Hey man, things are going good, making some decent money. I really like what I'm doing. I have a little bit of flexibility. Everyone from the outside is like, damn man, he, this guy's, I'm not saying they thought this about me, but everybody on, you know, looking at you like, man, he's in the music industry. He's doing this Keith urban lady, Annabelle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There had to be people, whether they told you or not, and maybe they did that were like, dude, are you sure about that? Like what the hell? <laughs> for sure. For sure. I, I will say that like, there was enough kind of like mystique or like um, enough of a facade to the business where I didn't have too many people um, questioning, you know, like to be candid, like I made like, like particularly whenever I stepped out on my own, which we can talk about, I made no money. And, but my parents were always like, again, my dad was a, uh, a preacher and my mom was a teacher. They didn't make money. They did things that they were passionate about, that they were convicted to do. It was never about money. It was about purpose. And I was, ex the music business excited me. I had at that time, you know, before, or before I stepped out on my own, I had, you know, I, I got married and had a wife that was, you know, incredibly supportive. And to be honest with you, was going and getting her, I was making no money and she was going to get her nursing degree at the time. And I remember thinking, okay, she was babysitting through nursing school thinking, okay, when you get your nursing degree, we're going to be okay. You know, cause you know, yeah, you know, like we're going to be okay. And um, so I had support and I never had, you know, my parents were very supportive. Um, you know, my, my wife was very, has always been very supportive you know, it's something that I've been passionate about. So I never felt like, um, I never felt like, what am I doing? You know, I, I've always one, you know, when you grow up with no money, like you're not concerned with making money. And I felt like, okay, Hey, if this does work out, like there's a high ceiling, maybe I'll make okay money, you know? And, and to be honest with you, like the business is still like, um, you know, uh, to be candid, I could get fired tomorrow by everybody, you know, like, you know, I, hopefully I'm in this for a long time, but yeah, you, you never know what tomorrow day. You're, you're, you're absolutely. day to day. Yeah, absolutely. But I had the support and that's where, you know, I got to the point where I was to answer your, your earlier question. I got to the point where I felt like I, at some point I needed to step out on my own. What I didn't know at the time, and I was arrogant enough and, you know, like, you know, young enough, dumb enough, whatever, to think that, okay, I've gotten exposure to X, Y, and Z. I can go do this. You know, what I didn't realize is that, like, yes, I kind of know how to drive the vehicle. 
but I didn't put it together. I don't know how to repair the transmission. I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. I just know how to drive the vehicle. And when you go step out on your own to start a new business, you learn that, hey, you're the, you know, you are everything to that business. And you don't have the resources that you had previously. You got to figure it out. And like I said, if I was, uh, so that's the beauty and the curse of like being in such a good position to learn. Um, But then you don't know what you don't know. And then you kind of, you know, you'll take some lumps and you figure it out. And it's not always going to be as smooth, but. I've been very fortunate. If you knew, if you knew what you didn't know, like I know in my situation, whenever I quit my regular sales job and went to doing marketing stuff full time, it's like I, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to have these three customers and, or five customers, whatever. It was nothing. I mean, they was, when I say customers, it's like, you know, barely helping out doing something, you know, like, but you think you've got it figured out for me. It was like within two months of doing my own thing, I had like two customers just because the other businesses that I was dealing with folded up, they were startups. But, you know, if I looked at it really technically, it was like, all right, you're going to quit a job to go work with these startup companies that may or may not make it, you know, all the metrics would have told you don't do it, but it it ended up working out so far. But my question for you is to step out on your own. Do you have to have your own customer to do that with? Like, do you have to have your own client? You, so, so you had to find while you're still working, while you're still working, you're, you're having to think about like, if I want to do this myself to get started, you have to have your own personal client, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so my situation was one that was unique in the sense that I was still at a management company that was, I was flirting with kind of like knowing I needed to make this decision. There was a client oddly enough that um, I think that, you know, I was very much, I heard about, you know, I had this desire to step out on my own and someone had, I had heard his music via somebody in the, the industry and they were just like rough demos at the time. Nobody really knew the artist outside of like some, you know, some people within the, the business. And I heard the music and was like, hold on, I, this is up my alley. I think this is going to work. And, you know, I brought him to the, um, the, the management company that I was at is like, hey, hey, guys, what do we think about this? And the response was a little like, yeah, we don't know. And as I got to uh, kind of know this artist, and, you know, I was very passionate about it. Like I went after it, you know, went after it. I mean, like did my best to like, I felt like a college recruiter. Like I remember when we had our meeting, I knew this artist was like a Texas Rangers fan. So I had a buddy at the Rangers send up like workout gear for the meeting to give to like, you know, like I was trying to like, you know, go get the deal done. And, you know, if I flew to shows, I drove to a show in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and stayed with my wife's grandparents on a couch to be able to go see the show on my own dime like you know just felt like okay i gotta get this i knew there was enough interest in town from major labels like i thought it was gonna be a thing i i I really did and as we got to know each other you know not only was there maybe not necessarily like the vision for it at the company that i was at but the artist felt like hey you know i don't care about the management company i want to work with you so it was this perfect situation of okay this, this feels like it. This is the, this is when I go and make that step. And I felt confident enough to go out and do it. And, um, you know, and luckily, like I said, very fortunate, like uh, it could have very, very easily not worked out this way, but it's been successful. It's been unbelievably rewarding and it's been very successful. And that's kind of like that first step. And, and um, that's kind of how it started for me. 
And I know you're not trying to be the guy to name drop and all. You're not like that at all. But I mean, who was the who was your client, your first client? You know, that first one was Jordan, Jordan Davis. So, and that was one where, um, you know, it happened very fast for him. You know, he went from a guy that was bartending in town for like five or six years, just trying to get a publishing deal. Like he didn't want to be an artist. He just wanted to write songs for other people. And, you know, he kept, you know, his bartending, just trying to get a publishing deal to make 30 grand and just write songs for a living just to buy him some time or see if he could do it. And he kept getting passed on. And big reason why is because like, well, we don't know who to pitch your songs to, but they kept asking him, are you an artist? He said, no. And in the very last meeting he got with a major publisher in town over a five-year period, you know, the, the woman asked you, are you, a, are you an artist? And he goes, uh, yep, mm-hmm, I am. She goes, oh, okay, interesting. And she's like, okay, because we don't know who you pit to pitch your songs to. They're kind of unique. And he's like, yep, I'm an artist. Never played a show, never had like uh, an artist desire, like was trying to pay the bills. And at that, you know, around that same time, that's that very same publisher sent the music to a record universal music group going, Hey, you gotta check this new kid out. And then they got interested. And so Jordan in a matter of like no time went from being a guy that was bartending to having like a publishing deal and a record deal on the table and has never played a show. And (laughs) that's crazy. It's crazy. And like one of the songs was one of his number ones. Like he has a song called take it from me and slow dance in a parking lot that were like, big multi-platinum hits that were demos that he was shopping around that kind of couldn't really get any interest in until he said he was an artist. And then he rushed to, you know, get a label, record label interest like, hey, we want to come see a show. He's like, oh, crap, I don't play shows. I don't have a band. <laughs> How do I go and play a bar? You know, what do I got to do? And so it was kind of perfect timing because he's a guy that was literally trying to figure it out. And I'm a guy that's doing the same thing. So it was a, in all honesty, it's, it's, it, it was, it, I look back with like, man, how kind of like almost divine was this in the sense of like, you know, my situation, his, it was kind of perfect, uh, perfect situation. And obviously like, you know, all of my clients, you know, what, the, what I aim for with clients is both like personal and professional, you know, I want it to be a quality and, and long-term relationship. And, and luckily the, the Jordan relationship is, you know, uh, that and more, I mean, you know, uh, it, it, it's a perfect fit. So it's been a really rewarding thing, but, you know, to your earlier point, like it took me kind of, you know, being, you know, dumb enough or brave enough to go say, okay, let's go do this thing. Even if we end up on our butts, you know, and, and fortunately I had support and a spouse that was like, you know what, go do it. I'm now a nurse and we make just enough to pay the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the bills, you know, I'll support you. So it was a, you know, if it was a, another situation, who knows if I was going to be uh, willing or able to make that kind of uh, that leap. You know, it's been a long time for me, but I, I have a question for both of you guys, because uh, you know, it's got to, I've kind of forgotten, but it, it's got to be scary. I remember Joe talking to me about when he was thinking about quitting his job at ag retail and you know no money coming in no guarantees of anything and so i mean how how, for both of you guys how scary and intimidating was it at that juncture when you decided to just bear off the path and and go into the into the weeds you know when you made that decision well i can start the for for me 
for me, the toughest thing for me was, I, I mean, when I, so when I got out of school, I lived in this farmhouse that my in-laws had. I wasn't married at the time. And I lived there with a buddy of mine that I worked with and it was falling in at that time. And it was really falling in whenever, uh, when, when my buddy moved out and my wife and I got married, then she, we moved, she moved into this house. So I'd been living there for over a year and it was like, I mean, I'm talking like Zach ceiling falling in, like it's yeah. a farmhouse that he is you know, not getting in any, any farm help or whatever, <laughs> or, or family member that needed a place to stay. Just like, Hey, you can stay in the house for a little bit. And it was always like a launch pad. Like, Hey man, so-and-so got divorced move in here for a little bit, stay for three, four months, then roll. Or like, you know, no, nobody wanted to stay in this house, like nobody. So Hillary and I were like, all right, we'll just move in here and then we'll just stay here for maybe six months, eight months. Yeah. And then we'll decide like we'll buy a house in town or, you know, whatever. Um, So we're there and it's already been a year and it's like the house is getting worse and it's like fall, literally falling in. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. So we start like trying to fix a few things. I remember I paid a guy who was like, come fix the deck. And I mean, like you'd fall through the deck walking up the stairs. So um, I, I then of course, like could never, I knew, I, I knew myself, I wasn't going to be satisfied working for someone else. Just couldn't, you know, I'd rather do it wrong myself. You know, I'd rather prove to myself that I don't know what the hell I'm doing than listen to anybody's advice and tell me that I don't know anything. So, you know, I had to do it myself. So, you know, the toughest thing for me about quitting my job was I'm looking at, and my wife is in, is, was an occupational therapist. So it was the same thing with you. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a great job for, for her to have, but it's not, I mean, in my mind, it was like, Oh my gosh, she's making some decent money so I can afford to try to do something. But, but in looking back at it, I mean, it, it wasn't any kind of like a, yeah, no, you know, Oh, we're good. Same situation. But so the, the toughest thing for me was I knew that if I did that, when I quit a good job, because if I would have kept going with that, I mean, we were at the point we could have bought a nice place and everything thing been fine. But by quitting, I was like, all right, now I know we're going to be staying here in this junk. Yeah. And she don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. But I can put up with anything. Hell, I could sleep in a tent. But, you know, it, it did kind of suck having to, like, I knew that by doing that, we were going to be there for a while. And we thought we were going to be there for six months and we were there for six years. So, um, yeah. It, it really, that part was a little bit scary. Like I knew I could always go back and get a different job or get my job back if, you know, possibly with, with that company. Um, and there were some other things I could do, but for me, it wasn't the thought of not having a job. It was just the fact of, I wasn't going to be cool with trying to do something, stepping out there and then failing and been like, well, yeah. he didn't last very long. You know, I, that was what drove me every day to get up and, you know, that's the thing though. I was ready to do something. I didn't have anybody to do it for, you know, I had two or three clients. Like I said, I mean, at the, I could work and do triple what I needed to do for those guys and be done in an hour and not have anything else to do. So for me, I was a little bit, it was a little bit scary. Like what, what, you know, what, how do I find out what I should be doing or how do I find out how to get more business? And you know, the, the, for me, it's turned out, word of mouth. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sure even in a high profile industry like yours, Zach, for me though, with the marketing, it's, you know, it's been a slow process. I feel like it's all happened kind of quick, but it's, but it's been slow while you've been a part of it. It's like, you know, there's no quick way to it. I mean, you know, you'll have a flurry where it's like, I'll do marketing for this guy. And then he'll introduce me to three other guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you've brought in more new clients in a month than what you did in three years. And and just, yeah. it's interesting how it all works. But for me, that was a scary part, just the uncertainty and the fact that I knew that 
you know, I was going to be putting my wife's life on hold and ours by, by chasing this deal. And so if it didn't work out, it was just going to set us back even further. So for me, that was a little bit, a little bit scary. Oh, no doubt. And that's where luckily we didn't have kids in the picture. You know, we were young enough and I was young enough. Like I said, it was, you know, uh, uh, contributed to the, you know, kind of like the blind confidence, but uh, we didn't have a lot on at stake, you know, like I had, you know, uh, my wife had a car that was, you know, paid for from high school. I had the same, you know, we didn't have, what were the, you know, how bad was it really going to get? I mean, that's kind of how mine was too. If we went to zero, it wasn't very far fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I was young enough and felt at least confident enough that it's like, okay, if I fall on my face here, that there's a, you know, another path, you know, I'll, I'll figure something else out. And, you know, fortunately, and, and I did have a little bit of for forever, you know, for better, or for worse. I have a, my mind, I kind of have an obsessive and addictive personality. So, you know, it, I, it consumed me. And so it consumed me and I was going to, you know, find a way to succeed, or at least I was going to try my stinking best to succeed in some way, shape or form. And then, you know, for example, the client of my own, you know, uh, uh, this, this person realistically on paper shouldn't have signed with me. You know, there were everybody else in the business was going after it. Um, and like I said, if that's like, you know, divine intervention, if it, it like, I can't help but think throughout my entire career and my life for that fact, that like, man, there is something bigger at play going on. And that's a responsibility of mine to like, you know, honor those, those, those blessings. But, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, this person, you know, trusted me and thought that I could, you know, get the job done and, and um, so, but I had this kind of like um, on top of just the the personal obligation, there was a sense of like, huh, he signed with Zach Sutton. Isn't he the guy that he works with so-and-so or almost like, like there was a feeling of, oh, he's not ready for this or for sure. really over, he's just signing with Zach over X, Y, and Z. And I knew that. And I was aware of like what that person had kind of like risked to work with me and what kind of investment that was on, on his part as well. So there was a chip on my shoulder as far as we're going to make this happen. As a competitor, you know, as a competitor yeah. that had to drive you a little bit too, like, all right, we're going to do this. Yeah. We're, we're not. Yeah. And, and you know, in any industry that is the, for any new guy, that is the thought. It's like, when you hear that they're working with somebody new, it's like, what, what? Like, you know, yeah. and that, that has to fuel you. If it doesn't, then, then, you know, you're wired differently than what, than what I, I am because yeah. Um, you know, and, and another thing I want to hit on Zach and may, you might disagree with this, but I hear so many people, young entrepreneurs, especially and young people in business, like, you know, I hear these comments like, well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, that's not worth my time or, or uh, you got to get, you know, you hear this from people that work a, a nine to five job. Well, you've got to be paid for your time. Like I get that. And I understand that your time has to be valuable, but your time can be valuable without getting paid for your time. You know, yeah. there's so much stuff that I have done that I had no idea at the time how it was going to translate into any money for me, whether that's putting effort into a relationship or, you know, going and going to an event or, or genuinely caring about something. And I'm, I'm piecing this all together, you know, as I get older, but you can't quantify what your efforts and what your compulsion and you know, or sorry, what your obsession, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a compulsive type person. Like if I see something that trips my trigger, I'm going to go and yep. I'm going to be sitting there at 11 o'clock work. I mean, I'm sure when you got started with Jordan, it was like, 
you if you if you judge your time by the hour, you would have been better off back in the mailroom, I'm sure, at the beginning. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And that's the you know, and and at particularly at that time, I felt like, oh, I've got to do everything and do it like above and beyond 10 times better. There was a back against the wall type mentality for me. Um, no doubt about it. And I, I feel like I've always like you talk about people who, um, you know, is that worth my time? Do the little things matter? And I think that some people can get a little too like short term thinking, um, I think plagues a lot of people in the sense of that little thing might the 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 payoff might not be evident or visible um in the short term but man long term the little things add up and and i try my best to think long term and I, and I will say in college when i was trying to get the first gig the to now you know working in a different management company to man whatever every phase of my career i've tried to think about long term not only like you know the 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 pros and the cons to each decision long term but the relationship or Hey, do I really want to go do X, Y, and Z? But you know, no. But who knows? This might pay off long term or whatever. Do I really need to go do whatever? You know, uh, whatever the instance is. I know. I know. I know what you're saying. And, and that's where I feel like I've benefited from. Um, I've tried my best to think long term, and I, I that is, I know that that's paid off thus far. If you have the long term, and I've always thought about, you know, and, and sometimes I didn't even know what the long term was. I couldn't have exactly told you what my long term yeah. goal was, but I knew my long term goal was somewhere in that area. And to get there, I've got to do the short things. And, I, you know, that's that's the balance. Focusing on the, the tasks at hand, especially when it's just you and you have no staff and you're yeah. starting out. Focusing yeah. on the tax, tasks at hand but also trying to move towards a long-term goal, even if you're not exactly sure what that goal looks like. It's a, you 100%. Know, in, unless you're in it, it's hard to understand that, but it, but it's very, it's a very real thing. Well, and I think that even applies when you don't see, or there's not like a, a, a gain or there's not something at the end of the road. It could be as simple as, Hey, this, how am I going to handle this situation? How am I going to handle this person that wronged me or a client or I disagree with? You know, because these things will come around. I could either handle this in the way that, you know, I might be, you know, um, um, justified in handling something a certain way. But is it the right thing long term? Is this good for me, for them, for uh, anybody long term? What's the what's the win here? And I think, you know, things come around. Think like like thinking long term. I think, um, you know, I I've got a you know, uh, kind of a mentor that always makes comment that, you know, outside of like the personal, like, and moral obligation, he jokes that, you know, the high roads where the money's at. And I think he's, you know, from a business perspective, I think he's right. So that, that is like, um, definitely at the top of my mind with most decisions, it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's not the, what, you know, how would this decision affect the short term? It is okay. What are the long-term ramifications for each decision or interaction or decision that we make? So, so take it. So, so I said, saying, take it from me. I'm thinking Jordan Davis. Oh yeah. 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 But if, if you, so you're working with Jordan, yep. obviously he's had tremendous success. And I mean, there, yep. he's, he's another guy, you know, that's getting to the point now where there's like, you know, if you hear the name Jordan Davis, you're like, all right, well, let me look it up. Okay. Yeah. He's got this song. He's got this song. He's got that song. Boom, I mean, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Bangers. I mean, really ones that everyone knows that come on the radio, you know, all the words to. So yeah. 
how did you how did you take your next step, Zach, in getting your next client? What was that like? That was a little bit of a situation where, you know, I felt like, you know, we had things in a good position with Jordan. Felt like I was, you know, serving him well. I was gaining some experience, um, having success. And, you know, there's a like at some point you go, okay, what are my uh, my time commitments look like? What what are my, you know, what, what my time and resources look like? And felt like it was time to, you know, be open to something else. And, um, you know, I, I can't do something. I'm not, I'm not motivated. I truly don't think at my, at the, the heart, obviously like subconsciously mo- I'm motivated by money, but I don't think that money is truly a motivating factor for me, me at like, you know, the a primary, you know, um, um, factor. Um, but, you know, obviously I, I wanted to continue to grow the business and learn and, and, you know, uh, another client, uh, Riley Green, um, was, you know, had a record deal, had a management change, came to town, was taking management meetings. And I felt like, okay, you know what? I think I can, I, I like what he does. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of promise there. He's a talent, like all, all you know, all of the kind of like the, the obvious things with him. It's like, I, I think I can be of help. And then, you know, it's, it's like everything else. It's like, you try to cast a vision, you know, you try to do your best to, you know, to, to, to paint the picture and provide value and, 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 uh, you know, fortunate enough to, we've been working together now for, I don't know, maybe five years or so. And, and he's having success and, you know, I'm thankful. It's been a great relationship. And that's a little bit of the thought, you know, going forward. I think you and I talked about it when we were up in Missouri a couple of weeks ago. Hey, by the way, I'm getting texts. Can you hear the beeping? I hope you can. You're okay. Fine. Um, so, you know, like with any clients, like we, you know, we think about, okay, can I add value? Can I over deliver? Do I, am I passionate about the individual and the product that they make? Do I, it's a very intimate relationship. I talk to all of them every day and, you know, I spend a lot of time away from my family to work with them and, to, you know, we ride buses together and we, you know, the good, the high, the low, you name it. And do I like this person? You know, do I want to pour my time in? It, like, it's, you know, I'm not going to pretend, I'm not roofing houses, you know, like I'm not complaining, but it's a lot of time. You know, we spent a lot of time, um, uh, you know, kind of helping them run their business. And do I like these people? Do I respect them? You know, are they the type of person I want to, you know, be in business with? And those are the prerequisites for me sure. and, and, you know, all clients going forward. And, and um, so that's, that's, you know, the, the, the next one was Riley and then that, you know, kind of goes from there and Riley's obviously seeing tremendous success as well. And we're very fortunate for that. And, and to be able to do it with people you actually enjoy and respect is, you know, tremendous pro. I, I love Riley Green's music and I like Jordan's too. It's it, both of them are excellent, but the thing that both of them have, and I'm, if you really listen to the lyrics, you can tell that that both of those guys mean what they're singing about. And I don't know if both yep. of them are writing all their songs or anything like that. Obviously, Jordan's yep. got a, a songwriting background. I know that Riley writes, you know, music yep. as well. It, you know, it's just like when you when you hear the song, all of their songs are real catchy. And so, like, for me, the first time I hear a song, I'm like, oh, man, that sounds cool, you know? And I'm probably not, yep. like, reinventing the wheel here, but then you hear it two or three or four times and you start really listening to what the lyrics say. And it's, you know, yeah. they're all, they're all, there's a lot of meaning in all of them. And the Riley green, you know, like you, you were talking about earlier, you know, he resonates with people in the Midwest and the Southeast. It just, I don't know no why. Doubt. I mean, I, I mean, I could probably think of a few reasons, but it's just, it's interesting how the different artists resonate with different folks. But um, those guys are both avid outdoorsmen. I know that. 
And so no that probably fits well with what, you know, your interest and what you like to do too. I mean, that's a, a huge pro, no doubt about it. And to be honest with you, it's, it's great because we relate to each other in that way. It doesn't suck that like, you know, whenever we have a need to really like tackle some, some big kind of like, uh, you know, items on the to-do list or talk about, okay, what do we want to do next year? Some of these bigger picture, I, you know, things it's like, Hey, uh, let's go hunt this weekend. Also I'm coming, you know, with all of my, you know, a, a bunch of things we need to discuss. So it's, it's just nice in the sense that one, like it's, it's just, you know, like you said, you, when you're in business with somebody like there's good days, bad days, hard conversations, good conversations. And to be able to have the common bond or share a passion in these particular like pursuits, it's a tremendous pro, it's a tremendous pro. It makes it fun. It, it allows a little bit of, and a little bit of um, just camaraderie. And um, it helps me to be honest with you, like having uh, these connections with the clients, it helps me to kind of like further their, their, um, Goal, message, mission, Absolutely. you know, vision, you name it. Yeah. yeah, 100, the brand, you name it. So it's 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 a tremendous pro. But, you know, there are clients that, you know, I've worked with or work with that uh, have worked with or work with that that's not it. And it's, there's but there's some other thing that we gel on, that we sure. see eye to eye and we're on the same page with. And, and you have to have that, you know, or else why not go work What's with some thing? other guy? What's yeah, that? exactly, exactly. Well, so you have to have that that so, shared kind of like passion. So you, okay. I got a couple questions as well yeah. about kind of, we'll, we'll end it with, or we'll kind of finish up here. I know you got shit you got going on, but that yeah, was kind of yeah. the story I want to hit on. And so yeah. now from that, you know, I wanted to give people an idea of like who you work with, how you got in the business. The how is, you know, the, the, the why is important, obviously, because you know, you, yep. you love it. You're, you're doing what you're doing and and the why drives you but the how is what's interesting to me and and you know your your story is relatable to a lot of industries outside of music because i don't care and and, and you know i act like i know but i'm assuming that there's a lot of barriers to entry in a lot of it whether that's the tech industry whether that's you know pharmaceutical yeah. industry whether that's you know uh, agriculture whatever um i hope everybody listening will take that you know take that to heart it's like there's not just one way to get into an industry you know you don't have to have uh, you know, you don't have to be an, an amazing singer to get involved in an industry that the, yep. the music industry, and it might seem untouchable. And if you told Zach the the success he'd have when he was in high school, if you, you told him where he's going to be now, I I doubt that he would have would have thought that you were you were correct, or he he would have been very surprised. I think. No doubt, and I think that's the one thing when some people have asked, like, "Hey, what would your advice be?" Or like, you know, kids from my high school, or whatever it is, it would be that you know you like. There are no barriers. There are, there are obviously barriers, sure. but like there's nobody actively trying to keep you out. And, right. you know, you might, don't get me wrong. There's like, you know, your family life, your home life, your, where you grew up or like have tremendous like um, their implications or, or um, 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 play a large part. But, you know, there, there, there's typically a path and, and a way to get in. It might not be easy. It might not be a direct path. It might be you working some odd job to eventually kind of like get your way in. But I, I, I think sometimes, you know, it's kind of undersold or sometimes limitations are kind of put on people on like, well, that's too big of a dream or, okay, be reasonable or whatever it is for somebody's, you know, dream or passion. And I just don't think that's a, I don't think it's reality. I don't think it's helpful. Um, I, I think the kid sitting in whatever, you know, 
needs to be encouraged that, hey, if you want to do X, Y, and Z, there's a way. It's not going to be easy. And it might take you 20 years or like, you know, potentially it might not work out. But do not prevent that from, you know, like trying or applying yourself or figuring out a way. Like, because there are kids every day that reach out to me right now and go, hey, I want to be in the music business. Or, hey, can I come intern? Or, hey, whatever it is. And, you know, there are some that are like, the, the tiniest bit of resistance or a hoop to jump through, you know, they, they kind of flee from that. But then there's some, they're like, okay, what do I need to do? I will come and sit at the front desk for free, or I will come and whatever, like, you, yeah. like there, there needs to be and granted, It's hard for the kid with no money that lives in wherever to get to Nashville to do. I, I'm not, um, I acknowledge like all the things, all the, the crazy amount of things that went right for me. Like doors open that shouldn't have for me. I was kind of kicking, you know, like I, I was knocking on doors, but like doors open that just flat out shouldn't have. And I acknowledge that, but I don't want, I, I encourage everybody to like, you know, if they if there is something they want to go after, like you can do it. And it's going to take it a strategy. It's going to, you got to play chess. Like you got to create a path. You got to apply yourself and it's going to be tough, but they're, uh, there is a, a there is a way for people to achieve, you know, whatever it is they have in front of them. One one of the things about a small town and especially like a small rural town is, you know, if you if a guy like you told a group of people at the local restaurant or grocery store or whatever, yeah, I want to be in the music business, it'd be the old, you know, whether they said it or not, it'd be the old, all right, bud, but you know, get serious. You know, there's a yeah, you, know, yep. you need to get involved in agriculture, you need to get involved in construction or something that's around here, you know, that's not gonna work. Yep. It's all the way in Nashville. You know, that you know, and I've heard the same thing on on certain things that I've been involved in. It's like that'll never work here, or you know, it's like yep, you know, and I still live in the town that I grew up in, but I do business way outside of any of it's here. But you, I yep. mean maybe, maybe you don't have to stay in your town. You know what I mean? Maybe you can, can home, but you can, you can still, you know, go out and kind of chase. And so that's, I mean, to me, that's cool. And I, you know, you've seen a lot of cool stuff. So I got a couple questions here. Like yeah, one of them is on the shows. I know that you don't go to every show, but I know you're active on, you know, when you're, when your artists are out and about, what is one of the coolest venues that you, one of your artists has been a part of that you've seen like the energy in one of those places, maybe not the venue, but maybe just like, is there a time that sticks out that like, man, that was electric or that was a really cool place or a really cool event, or they opened for so-and-so like, is there anything that sticks out or is everyone just kind of one of those? It's like, man, we're really doing this. This is crazy. Yeah. It. Um. Let's see here. I think there's a couple different things. I think there's like, you know, for one client, it's been um, seeing it translate overseas. Like that, that to me has been an interesting one. For another, it's been, okay, in their neck of the woods, selling out the arena in their home, you know, in, in their home state, you know, like, or headlining the festival that they used to go to and, you know, just be a fan at, or, you know, it's, you know, there's a, a, a female client that, you know, had posters on the wall of her favorite artists and, you know, has videos of her singing um, uh, this particular artist's songs. And then she goes on tour with them or whatever. It's, it's, it's something from like, it's something personal to them. That is a little bit of like, Oh, look how far it's come. That's, that's what's exciting. Yeah. That's, those are the like moments where I go, 
how cool is this? You know, because I hate to say it, the a, a a and this is maybe sounds a little bit jaded, but like the amount of people, like luckily the clients all you know, luck and this is the disadvantage of like working with you know superstars out of the gate was it, everything was big from the get go. You know, like my mind got blown really early. Now it's about like how do you know what's that like personal goal for them that we can help uh, help them achieve? You know, winning an award. You know, um, uh, that was a goal for them, or or you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say that that that's it. It's like there's a personal objective or seeing that kind of like personal kind of uh, goal come or, or dream come to fruition. That and seeing moments like that connect is when it's like okay, all right, because at the end of the day, like I'm in, I'm my job is to serve the clients, you know, uh, and we can get caught up in, and I'm really bad about like, okay, what's next? What's next? Sure. What's next? I'm not good about celebrating victories. And in our job, it's never like, dude, we won the Super Bowl. Now we get an off season. It's like, there, there's no um, true measurement. So it's always, what's that thing for that person? So, okay. Uh, here's another one hit on that. You don't have to go into depth on this. I, I'm not asking yeah. for that, but uh when an art music industry question, when an artist like Jordan or uh, Riley, you know, from a, from a compensation side of things is the industry works. Is it tours? Is it radio? Is it streams? What is, what is the, how does, I mean, I'm assuming just my very limited knowledge that obviously the tours are the grind and that the tours are, have to be a large part of an artist, you know, year and, yep. and obviously but um any more with the streaming services and things going on is the radio still a big part of that zach or no oh for sure yeah absolutely um they all feed each other they all feed each other the the streaming services are massive megaphone you know to the to the audience radio same thing um you know it's it's a little bit of like in some ways, it was like a tour to support the album back in the day. It's like you put out a big album, you tour to support it. Now you kind of like put out an album to support your tour. It's it's a little backwards, but yeah, they they all kind of feed on each other. You know, financially, it depends on the phase of the artist's career. It gets a little nuanced or a little in the weeds on okay, what kind of record deal do you have? You know, what's your you know how is that broken out? Where are you going to make the most money? Um, you know, how many records have they put out where are they in the record deal there's a lot of like um kind of like individual like sure. circumstances or, or factors but no question touring is where the money is made currently so these guys have to build a uh, a touring fan base sure. and, and 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 need to build that business um okay jumping to the next to a different subject here talk a little bit and i'm sure you could talk with this for hours but I know you guys hunt at White Oak, Duckwoods, in Arkansas. Some yeah, yeah. Yep. If somebody just asks you, like, "Hey, man, what's that like?" And like I said, I know oh, you've been forever, but just that first thought: what's that like being the guy that gets introduced to hunting, and you know, you kind of fall in love with it, and all of a sudden you're going from, "Man, this is a mallard duck. This is awesome." To, "Man, that's a thousand mallard ducks coming through the oaks," and holy shit, what is going on here? Like, what is it like hunting there? So it's just it's unique in the sense of like the volume, the amount of ducks in the area. And like these places are like undeniably beautiful in the sense of like, it's chin deep water. It's, you know, oak trees. It's like, it's, you know, 
it's by now you've come to know what's an ideal, you know, kind of like uh, habitat for, you know, hunting and particularly what kind of in the woods, what they're looking for, water depth, et cetera. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. The, you know, the, all of these places have rest area they've got food, they've got the perfect situation and they have tons of ducks. And I think that first scenario, like, like some of those moments, I'll be honest with you, I, and I, you guys have talked about this on the podcast, I would prefer like a two pack, like two to four ducks, like is more if from, cause like when they, when it happens and you've got, you know, a beehive above you, you kind of don't really know where to focus. It is a sight to see to where it's like, and I love the guys. And again, I've, I'm slowly becoming a shooter from, you know, making that transition from a shooter to like, you know, like just a, uh, a guy that appreciates like what's happening. And, and um, so it's taken me a little bit to go, Hey, don't worry. Just like, enjoy this. But like white Oaks is a place where, you know, like more days than not, you're going to get your ducks, um, enjoy it, you know, uh, enjoy it, soak it in. It's just, it's special. It's special. And that's where it's like, uh, that is what's unique about Arkansas. Hunting, and I know it's cliche, it's oversaid, but there's something unique about, because for me, that's not like, um, was not the, like the instinct on, okay, this is duck hunting. Going into flooded woods. I, I mean, being from Missouri, that's not a thing. My first hunting was down. Yeah. My first hunting, like I said, was down in Mississippi in the Delta and like, you know, willows and buck brush and hunting over ag. So that was new to me. It was just a unique circumstance. It was like, holy cow, is this happening? You're looking over at your buddies going, I mean, talk are you about, seeing this? When you talk about playing the long game, and I don't know Jeff Farmer, so I'm not going to act like I do, but I do know a little yeah. bit about developing a farm. You talk about somebody playing the long game and doing the steps, you know, the the little tedious steps to get there. Um, that Those type of farms don't happen by chance. I know that. And they manage them well. Like uh, the – you know, they are careful what holes they hunt. They, you know, they pick conditions. They, you know, they rest areas. They like, they're thinking long-term. Think about next year, this year. You know, is that whole, like you said, it's the long-term thinking. Hey, don't put a stinking tree hook in that tree. Get right. a strap, you know, like, uh, or I don't know, whatever it is. Sure. Like, sure. hey, this this group is too big. We are not going to shoot into it. Right. You know, so it's it's those types of things that those guys think about. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, that's, they're protecting their investment. Um, don't come here. You know, that's not what, if you and I are waking up at 3am and we're boat racing on the cash or whatever it is, a whole different thing. But when you got a spot, like you got an obligation, but also you want to, you know, play long, think about it next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're, it's like thinking of the artist's career. It's not all in and in one concert. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's the same with them. And, Okay, so another thing, and this is a hot button, and and again, these questions that I'm asking could be three days worth. Of hey, I love it, man. No, but, I love it. This is fun for me. You, you, okay. So this is interesting to me because I, you know, have thirty or forty clients that I do marketing stuff for in different capacities, yeah. uh, monthly stuff. Um, a lot of social media management, a lot of looking into what one what might work for one customer that won't for the other. Um, yeah. I see so many people coming to the brands that I work with, looking for something, wanting something, you know, yeah. wanting to wanting value, but not providing any, you know I mean? 99.9% of those folks are, it's about what can you do for me? And I, I can only imagine the stuff that you see, but talk about a, a little bit about how important social media is. And then 
like I said, I don't want to feel like you're going crazy on this, but the the mistakes that you see people making on social media or or just maybe how big of a part of social media, how big of a part of the total package social media is these days for your artists? For sure. I mean, it's our, it's the billboard. It's the storefront. It is like, you know, websites are there for tour dates. Like the, it's our hub. It is the lens of which, you know, um, fans look through, you know, on these particular art, on, on each particular artist, you know, so it's, it's critical outside of the product itself. Like it's social media and, and, you know, you are showing them what, you know, you're showing them what you want to see or what your, your, your lack of showing them uh, what they need to see is its own issue, you know? So uh, it's, it's critical. And the, the recommendation I would make is like, be you, you know, and, and more than anything, it's like, have fun with it. Like do like, I think try, you know, we can pick up on the fact that like, you know, and granted we're now all familiar with Instagram. Like the, the, everyone's caught up. There's like the nuance of, 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 you know, each platform and what so-and-so does on Instagram that is relevant within this audience. And that's what separates this person from that person. And, you know, there's, there's obviously a strategy to it, but be you be authentic, like um, apply yourself, but don't try too hard. We all know the brands or the people that are just like trying too hard. And it's like, Hey, you know, stop. I'd rather you not post today than post in a way that's actually sending the wrong message. So, and and then also at this point now, like, don't get me wrong, this is going to sound crazy because like you say, you know, you say the wrong thing now, you know, there are real consequences. Like obviously we can point to some people and brands where that's, you know, very evident, um, but have fun with it. Like just be you, be smart, sure. but be you and, and um, 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 don't take yourself too seriously. That That's probably in all honesty. I'm sure you see though people, hitting your artists up that are like, you're like, God, cringeworthy stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. You see the people chasing clout and all that kind of stuff. There, it just seems like sure. an industry, but there's gotta be quite a bit in yours. There is, there is. The nice thing is like, we all are pretty good at like, you know, we kind of, you know, sniff it out. So and move on for the most part, I'm sure. But for sure. And, but don't get me wrong. There's some things where you're like, Oh, do we want to, but there's this, but here's the, the pro and the, and, or the con we know, but the pros could be this. So, Hey, we need to maybe think about this. And, you know, of, of course you're like, Hey, we might, you know, there's some give and take like, Hey, yes, this might be a hair like cheesy or, you know, there's a part of this that's kind of cringeworthy, but if we do it the right way, it might yield this kind of result or it might show this part, you know, this, this way, thing that we need to show. There's definitely a way to do it. You, you can, when you're dealing with yep. somebody in one of those circumstances, you can tell who's got some tact and who's got a little bit of, yep. you know, you know, there's just, there's just ways to approach it. And that's in any business. And so, you know, uh, but that all goes back to relationships, communication and all that. But I just feel like, you know, social media, especially in your industry has to be, has to be huge. That's huge. I'm checking out huge. artists that I follow all the time. I mean, like, Oh, what are they up to? What are they doing? What huge. are they doing? You know, and it helps and, people relate to the artists. And, and now like I said, people have caught on and people are familiar. Like now you, you know, people want something different out of each social platform. So an artist that isn't really present and doesn't really apply themselves, isn't thinking strategically, isn't, you know, doesn't have their hands on the reins is at a 
tremendous disadvantage because five years ago you could post a cool photo and people are like, oh, this is cool. It's like, no, people have gotten used to the to the platform and the medium of photography as a, you know, using photography or videography as an artist or as a brand. Like that was exciting, you know, in and of itself five years ago. Now it's almost like um, the less polished, the more raw and real and authentic um, uh, it is, the better because people have been inundated with marketing messages, pretty photos, great videos. And that's a challenge as a videographer. I know for you or, or a, a content creator, director, photographer, you name it, is I could pour time, energy, put out like works of art. But the selfie that is like at the right time, doing the right thing, expressing the right message will outperform any sort of like um, um, contrived artistic it, it, approach. Yeah. And 100%. Fans don't care. It's interesting how much like sir, this thing right here needs all the stops pulled out. It needs to be done professionally. But this thing here, if you shoot it on an iPhone, yep. it's actually going to get a better response. It's just it's knowing that and figuring it out. Anybody who says they know 100% is crazy. It's, it yep. it kind of just takes figuring it out. Um, but, but to that point, it's like the artist who is involved and in tune and um, leading the ship is willing to like think through the platform is going to outperform like over the, 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 the guy or girl who's just like, I don't know, post for me, you know, or the brand. You can think about people who are living out the lifestyle, living the brand versus the company that hires you to act as them. Yeah. You can never be them. You no, can never fine. be more valuable than them. And a team of people can never be, be more valuable to the artist. And they're going to be at a disadvantage. You can't, it you know, from my experience, you, it, the most successful that I am with a company is whenever that company is involved. And, you know, I might 100%. be on all the marketing stuff, but I'm talking with them three, four, five times a week on, Hey, let's, let's make sure we're hitting on this, or I did like this, or I didn't like that. You know, that's, that's integral. And, and that's, I'm sure that's yep. all your management stuff too. I mean, you could just kind of, you know, the guys that you have being involved, the success is going to be better for everyone. Um, uh, absolutely. I can't be them. No team can be them. Sure. You know, at the end of the day, people are buying tickets because they are a fan of them. And it. social media is our, that, I mean, that is who we are to most of the country. Sure. Like most of the country's view of this artist is dictated based on their socials. If the artist is involved. It's going to be tough. And it's, it's evident. Um, yep. Your guys right now, uh, where are, where are your guys? I know when we were before we were talking. Oh, said, geez. Well, no, you said Riley had that big um, uh, down to the Rock. Oh, South. yeah. Uh, when is that? When are you going down there? Friday. So, which is huge. You know, uh, who knows? It'd be 20,000 people there. Maybe more. I could be wrong. Um, big festival, like headline slot. I want to say he's on Friday. I want to say Zach Bryan's on Saturday. Um, Huge look for him. I'm 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 really excited for him. It's gonna be a, a big night. Absolutely, and obviously, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, that's got to be exciting to see in your position. I mean, I know you don't get to go to all the shows, and you've got back end stuff that you're yeah. working all the time. But now and again, it has to be pretty cool to kind of see it all come to fruition out on stage. So I try, I think I've told you, I try not to be on the road a lot because sitting at my computer, I'm just so much more effective. Like I, I just need to sit at my computer and jam on, 
on on you know the tasks in front of me and that's how i get ahead and think forward you name it um but the show is my reward in a lot of ways like i was just out this weekend and um just because we had a you know a brand partner at a at a show and you know the the response was phenomenal it was and to me it's like you know and and you're, it's always a reminder of like how far we've come um uh, for those for each particular artist and um it was very obvious that you know, it's just a great night. And that to me is like, okay, you know, like it's all, it's all worth it. All the little things that nobody sees. And again, I'm not roofing houses, you know, but all the, you know, the, the time and effort, it's like, cool, we're doing it and good for them. You know, like I, it makes me happy for the artists. So, so Zach, we've kind of gone through, we've got to, we've kind of come through how you got to where you're at right now and, yeah. and where you're at right now is always evolving. You know what I mean? It's, it's always yep. where you're at right now is is a is something that we kind of think of in our mind but you're always moving you know and so um that's it's just kind of cool how it's a work in progress what's next for zach sutton in in your mind obviously you've got you're playing the long game would i be wrong in saying that what's next for you is continuing to build and grow with your artists and kind of taking taking things as it comes and do you have any specific goal other than that or is that just kind of i mean that's how you move forward yeah for me it's you know uh my goal is to continue to kind of like you know push you know my current clients forward and we all have individual you know each client has and in you know the team we have goals for them you know the the current objective is like let's let's squeeze this thing dry you know like let's let's see how far we can go um, and you know, if something comes along, along the, you know, along the way that I'm fired up about and I'm passionate about, that's worth me, you know, taking time away from my family to, to work on, then, you know, then we'll talk about it. But right now it's, Hey, the current clients that I have, let's grow it and let's help them reach their potential and see how far we can go. But that's it. You know, I've got a lot of developing to do is to be honest with you, like as their teams grow, as the careers go, like personally, like you know, and as a leader, you know, of, of people that, that work with me or, you know, uh, I've got to develop, you know, I, I um, the, the, the pro and the con of being in kind of like some smaller uh, companies is that you can be nimble and entrepreneurial and run and make stuff happen. You know, the con of me not working in a corporation, you know, for a decent amount of time is like not having a great handle of or, or, or I could have used more experience in a corporation to understand processes, procedures, you know, uh, uh, division of roles and responsibilities, org charts. Like I am like a micromanager and I'm learning how not to be. And that's its own skill set of like going from managing people to leading people. And I'm trying to figure that out. But that's a personal kind of like uh, um kind of like goal or challenge or next season that where I've got to develop a little bit. Absolutely. Well, man, I know, I know this has been super interesting for me. And I think that the folks that listen to the podcast are going to uh, find it, find it the same way. It's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, it it's one of those things that, like I said, I kind of have an idea of what you did, but hearing all this and how it kind of came to be is man, it's really cool. So congratulations on all your success as far, because you know, it, it as somebody who's doing their own thing, sometimes you don't just stop and be like, damn, that's wild, you know? And, and sometimes it takes somebody else hearing that story like me, like right now, it's like, holy hell, like that's crazy how that all happened. And so congrats yeah. on that. 
Well, thanks, man. I, I'm the worst at it. My wife oftentimes is like, hey, uh, you know, something happened recently that was a little bit of an accomplishment. And she's like, hey, we're going to dinner. I'm like, no, 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 we're good. I just want to like, I want to come home and work the dog. You know, like I haven't been able to work the dog all week. For you know, sure. like that's, and she's like, no, we're going to go and achieve this. And that's, that's like the, you know, where, where I struggle. And, but it is, I'm so fortunate, man. Like it could have, there have been so many things that could have not worked out and so many things that needed to happen for this to get where it is. And so I'm very fortunate, but also feel a tremendous obligation, like, you know, like to, to be a good steward of these, you know, these blessings, to be well, honest yeah, with you, said, you know, you said earlier, steward of the blessings. And it's almost like the guy, you know, the parable in the Bible about the guy that got the talent. I mean, you could kind of just be like, cool, I'm on coast mode. Let me take these two talents and just kind of kind of ride it out. Or you could be the guy that takes those talents and puts them to work and and multiplies them. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's what we're all obligated to do for our customers, but also for yep. ourselves too. I mean, if you feel like yep. you're blessed with some sort of skill set, um, you you you're kind of obliged to go and and try to do that. Uh, agreed, agreed. And you know that's that's like easy to lose sight of, but it's it's absolutely an obligation and you know, a conviction, something, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to remind myself of, because it's, it's amazing how like we can make very like easy and easy things hard. And we can make like tremendous, like blessings feel like uh, a challenge. I'm like, I am so fortunate. And we're both of us, we're doing things that we love or passionate about. Like it can very easily become, uh, I've got to do this today. I'm like, dude, do you realize how many people would kill for to work in the hunting industry, to work in the music business, to be able to whatever that is. And if we're not careful, we can very easily make this tremendous like opportunity a, a burden somehow. And and I'm trying to be mindful. And that's where my wife and you know family members are and friends are really great as far as kind of like, you know, keeping me uh or making me aware and remind me of those things. But yeah, it's easy. I mean, dude, like you, like you. How many days a year do you hunt and call a call it like a work hunt or something? No, it's like, right. dude, you are hunting a lot of times. You are hunting, and, and, and that's for me is like you know, yeah, you got to look at it. It's like okay, so I gotta I gotta stop. You know, I'm pissed off because I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta leave the woods hunting. You know, to walk out to the range where I got some service to send two emails and yep. and do some social media posts and talk to a couple customers. That thirty minutes that I'm thinking of as an inconvenience, it's like. If somebody told me all you got to do is talk to do yeah. this shit for 30 minutes this morning and then you can hunt for a couple hours, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be like, hey, sign me up for that. I don't even care if it pays, know. you know, so I know it's good to have conversations like this because it kind of kind of brings you back around to being like, damn, you know, it this is something that is cool. And I'm and I'm not trying to parallel what we're doing because I, oh, dude, 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 it's cool, the same. It is. As it's far the same. As, Look, there's a little more cool factor to where you're at than I am, but it is, it's very, there are yeah. some parallels, man. And I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you mentioned working the dog. Um, it was cool seeing him up at HFK. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to you guys coming, um, coming to the farm this fall. It's gonna be fun. Man, it was fun. I like, that's the type of stuff that I've really like, you know, uh, really learned to love. Like, you know, uh, the dog thing, I know we've talked about it, like the dog thing, the hunting, it's just a, it's a special thing. And that's like, to be honest with you, that's where my mind goes now in a lot of ways is like, okay, how do we, you know, what can we do? You know, that's just, you know, I have a tendency of getting passionate about something and going all in and, you know, uh, it's consuming a lot of my thoughts and I have to refocus on, you know, the day job, but it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to get up there. And it was excited. You know, it was nice. You got that new spot, Willsey. That's fun to get out there and work with you guys a little bit. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get some time in the woods. We'll work on some. We'll work on some shit other than other than uh, chores next time. I will hopefully be working on working on a few bunches of ducks. But I, uh, man, like I said, I appreciate it. I know you got to go. I know I've taken up a lot of your time here, but but All man, good. thanks for coming on because it's been a fun conversation. It hasn't really felt like it's hasn't really felt like it's we've been talking as long as we have because I know. I'm genuinely interested in what you've been saying. So I know, man. I really it's, appreciate it's fun. it. Absolutely, I look forward to catching up some more, man. All right, dude. Well, let's uh, let's talk soon and have a great afternoon. You too, buddy. We'll see you. See you, man.